0: Welcome in to Bearcat Nation, presented by Sesco Group Insurance, right here on the Bearcat Radio Network. I'm the Bearcat Radio play-by-play announcer, Dylan Hutton, thrilled to have football co-defensive coordinator and Bearcat Radio basketball analyst, Reese Sidnor, who joins us for each of the Bearcat Nation podcasts where each week we will go over the biggest news, stories, and games of the past week, interview players and coaches, as well as preview what lies ahead for Virginia High Athletics. We hope to make this not only an enjoyable listen, but an informative and interesting one as we promote those special student-athletes each week and relay many of the stories that we're fortunate to cover. For access to past and future episodes, stay posted to all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Spreaker. And before we get started with this week's episode, let's hear a word from Bearcat Nation's presenting sponsor, Sesco Group Insurance. For all your auto, home, life, or commercial insurance needs, join the winning team. Go with Sesco. Call Bearcat alum Jason Stevens at 276 644 9130. Again, that's 276 644 9130. Jason and everyone at Sesco Group Insurance says, Go, cats. Welcome, everybody, to the opening episode of Bearcat Nation. We're very excited to launch this podcast and give an in depth perspective into Virginia High Athletics, where every week Reese and I will react to the latest news, preview, and recap games as well as interview coaches and athletes. Bearcat Nation is available at Spreaker.com slash show slash Bearcat Nation. And it's also available on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. And it's good to be back on with you, Reese. Before long, we'll be back to the Bearcat Den calling Virginia High Basketball as long as everything works out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's like it's been forever, I mean, which I guess it has. You know, I guess it's been, what, February, March?
0: Yeah, February for that region game, the re- opening round of region against Gate City.
1: You know, the, the, I guess the funny thing, you know, we were preparing to, you know, start going, transition to baseball. I think I think we had some softball game, games lined up too and uh, just kind of got hit with everything and kind of shut everything down. But it's good to be back and, you know, talking sports. And, you know, <laughs> we kind of did a few things there, talking about some other stuff. But it's good to be back talking about, especially the D.A.
0: Bearcat sports. Luckily, we've moved on from uh, content such as Tiger King. We've moved on past that back to just talking about Bearcat Athletics, which makes more sense considering we're the Bearcat Radio Network. So, But it's hard to believe, but we're now counting down the days until we get high school sports back in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And it's going to begin right where we left off. Like you said, we left off in February with basketball season coming to a close. And now we're going to start it right back up with basketball and this episode will be catered to basketball and all the changes we're going to expect for the 2021 season and uh, going to be a lot of changes. That's what we're going to get into today. We do thank you for joining us. Virginia High will open this season against Richlands on Monday, December 21st at 715. Now the way the schedule works this year is the boys will play at Richlands. The girls will play at home. That will go for every opponent we have when the boys play at home the girls will play on the road and vice versa so it'll be an interesting schedule from that perspective every home game this year will be at 7 15 which means all of our broadcasts will start at around seven o'clock with the sesco group insurance uh, countdown to tip-off show so we're excited to bring sesco back as a sponsor but reese this schedule is going to be very interesting it's a 14 game schedule and it's going to be composed mainly of district games so it's going to be Right from the start, like you said earlier, like we were talking about, no warm-ups, straight to business to start the season.
1: I mean, I think that's the kind of disadvantage of it. You know, usually, especially with basketball, you kind of have those pre – kind of – you know, I call them preseason, but, you know, they they do count. But, like, those tournaments, they kind of get you going and, you know, play in tough competition. But doesn't really count against you. And, you know, you kind of figure out what kind of team you have. You're trying – in some cases – you're trying to figure out your roster and your depth and who's your starters, and you don't have the luxury of a 14-game season, especially like with district play. Um, you know, I, you know, I mentioned it earlier when we we're talking. It feels like it's like late in the season where you're making that district run and you want to be playing your best basketball. So what you got to look at is those first few games are kind of like you got to get stuff out of the way. Those first few games and get it rolling quickly, or you know, you're going to be, you know, your season's going to be over with. So um, hopefully. Um, we can get things rolling early um, and that's one of the things that we will have because this will be a young team for, for girls and boys so we're you know, excited to see what happens but it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah that 14 game season as we said will get started December 21st which is coming up pretty quickly we'll be into December this week and it'll be against Richlands at 7-15 at home for the Lady Cats while the boys take on Richlands on the road and then about a week later, exactly a week later, on the 28th, we'll head to John Battle. The Lady Cats will, while the boys varsity faces John Battle at home. So we will have the home game, of the boys, for the first time there on the 28th. Then on the 30th, we'll have the Lady Bearcats back here on the Bearcat Radio Network as they'll host Lebanon and what will be an important district game, the battle between the two teams that have really ran the district the last four or five seasons. That's on the 30th of December. And the boys will go to 11 that very same night. On uh, January 5th, the Lady Cats will head to Graham. Boys Varsity will host Graham that day, both games at 7-15. Then Marion comes to town to face the Lady Bearcats on the 8th, games at 7:15 as well. The 11th of January, road game to Richlands for the Lady Cats, while the boys will host the Blue Tornado. And then on the 12th, Tassel comes to Bristol for the Lady Cats. Match up in that one, and the boys will go to Tassel. And then the only other game... Reese is the only other non-conference games that we really have to talk about. We had John Battle, and then the boys and girls will both go to Tennessee High on the 16th, and they'll play the same day because, you know, things are a little bit differently ran in Tennessee. We'll actually play on the same court the same day, and uh, basically a true quad that day with the girls playing at 530 and the boys playing at seven. That's on the 16th of January, and then another non-conference battle will host John Battle as the Lady Cats will host them on the 18th, and boys will go to Battle Hill. The 20th, the Lady Cats go to Lebanon. Boys, of course, back at home against Lebanon. The 22nd, Lady Cats at Marion. Boys will host Marion at home. And then uh, 25th, we got another non-conference matchup. This time it's against Gate City at home for the Lady Cats, while the boys will travel to Gate City. 26th, Lady Cats host Graham. Boys on the road at the G-Man. That'll be senior night for the Lady Cats. And then on the 29th Lady Cats finish off the regular season at Tazewell with the boys traveling or hosting Tazewell home for what will be their senior night. And then region will start uh, February 8th through the 13th. The semifinals for state are the 16th and state championship so far slated for the 20th. All those dates are fun to go through Reese but In the end, we got to get through this season without very many hiccups as far as COVID testing and all that is concerned. It will be an interesting 14-game season, and you have to feel like the team that can get the most games in and get in rhythm the quickest, at least in the early going, will have a real opportunity to make a run here in this shortened season.
1: Most definitely. Um, And, you know, just like any other season, but a little bit worse this year, um, health is going to play a major issue. Um, you know, you're always worried about you know a sprained ankle or you know a twisted knee or something. Or you know, we all talk about you know each year. I know coaches they, they talk about the flu. You know, if you get a flu on a basketball team. You know, at least two or three kids are going to get it. Well, you know, if you get a kid test positive for COVID, you know, we've kind of seen it you know in, in other schools and things like that. You know, games are being postponed, games are being canceled. Uh, football, they had some forfeits going on, so. It's going to make it very interesting. And, and, you know, what happens if you have, let's say, towards the end of the season, you know, it's a big district matchup and it could be for first place. Well, what happens if somebody tests positive? You know, do you try to postpone the game? Do you cancel it together? You know, do, do you make one team forfeit because, you know, they can't play, don't have enough players? It, you know, it's going to be very, very interesting. You know, I'm, I'm very excited to have, you know, sports and have basketball. But it's going to be very, very interesting to see what, see how we get through the
0: season. Yeah, and like we said, we do have a sort of a template to go back and look at. Uh, we've seen the Tennessee schools just across the state line have seasons and actually finish their season. So we've been kind of sitting a little bit jealous over the last couple of weeks, right? Watching all the Tennessee high high school teams playing while we've been sitting at home. But that's just the situation. You know, it's a state by state thing, and. That's just where we're at as we head into basketball. We're thankful to be talking about basketball because we didn't know if we would be here talking about it or not. But, yeah, I thought you hit on a pretty interesting statement there earlier. You know, no tournaments to start the year. We don't have a Ballard Lee tournament. Don't have the Grand Home Furnishings that our boys team goes over and plays in Norton most of the time. Won't have those opportunities against uh, non-district opponents to really kind of sharpen uh, our skills before we get into – conference or district play and and you know another rule that's going to be different this year is we're not going to have a jump ball to open the game the visiting team will control the opening tip which was the non-existent tip the visiting team will get the ball to start all the games this season so that's going to be interesting without a jump to have to worry about at the beginning of the game and you know at least so far we don't see any sort of ruling through uh, the governor's ruling on cheerleaders. So far, they're being counted as spectators for basketball season, which would mean that the 25 limit that's currently in place by the governor's office would, if you added cheerleaders, would have to include them in the 25 spectators, which would mean possibly you could have 10 to 15 fans come to the game. So it's going to come down to a decision, I think, here soon, whether or not the cheerleaders will count as spectators or if they'll actually be allowed in but so far they're being counted as spectators which is an interesting thing considering cheerleading competitive cheerleading is a sport and you know you would you would imagine that they would allow them to have the opportunity to take part because they are a big part of basketball and football
1: yeah they are I mean and, and these young ladies they go out and they practice every day and um, you know honestly we, we had some uh, cheerleaders at the, at the school, you know, working on some cheers and different things uh, in the past few weeks, um, and you know, to me, it's, it's not really fair to count them as that, because you know, some of these schools, you know, they might only have five or six cheerleaders. Well, some schools might have might have twenty. You know, so uh, it's not fair to count them as spectators. You know, they should be part of the, um, be part of the, you know, the, 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 the uh, participants in the game, and uh, hopefully, we can get some kind of momentum. Hopefully. You know, hopefully they'll reconsider that ruling and and uh, and really think about that. Um, but I, I do understand, you know, they're trying to limit how many people are in the building at one time. But uh, you know, again, these are you know young people who don't get these years back, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we can get that worked out to where they can cheer at these games. I mean, you know, if if it's they only get to cheer at home games and different things like that, or maybe split them, or uh, I don't know, but hopefully we can get something worked out where cheerleaders can be there and they can cheer.
0: It makes you wonder about what things are going to look like in the spring for football if cheerleaders are considered spectators, what we're going to see from the bands for, for high school football because I don't think if they're going to go this far to say cheerleaders are just spectators, what they might do to all the bands in Virginia yeah. because they could very well just and say, well, they're got- spectators too.
1: You got you got some big bands out there, and I mean, you got some bands who have more than twenty five. So uh, it's going to be interesting. And again, you know, we understand you know football is a little bit different. In, in most cases, especially in high school, it's outside. That could play a role in it too. You know, basketball being a, a indoor sport, um, but it, it just it makes it for interest for an interesting time, Just you know, all these restrictions and regulations, you know, to, to get a game in. Um, but hopefully, again, you know, those kids put in the time and effort, you know, to participate in those in those different areas, and hopefully, they all get a chance to to uh, be at games. And I mean, we even have band, you know, basketball games, you know. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I just hopefully, you know, the the right people come together and really, you know, reconsider some of this stuff and really yeah. think about it because. Again, these kids don't get these years stacked.
0: Yeah, and of course I'm not saying band won't be allowed at football games. I'm just saying the precedent here is being that possibly they may be ruled as spectators considering cheerleaders have been ruled the same way. And just think about high school football game if you don't have that many fans, plus you don't include the band. I think if you at least have the band there, you get that high school feel um, for football. But it'll be different if, if something does come down regarding the band, but I think, uh, of course, we're a little bit – we've got a lot to go through before we get to football season, that's for sure. But the final note here on our schedule for the 2020-2021 season for basketball is, you know, they are planning on doing the district, region, and state tournaments as planned. So, good thing is uh, there will be a postseason to look forward to. I think it will be the same format. Top four from each side will battle it out in the region. And the final two teams in the region will qualify for the state tournament. Now, how we get there, if it's just home team only and we get rid of that kind of tournament atmosphere to reduce the crowds and reduce the spread, it would make sense possibly to have that happen. But, again, we'll have uh, more insight on that as we get closer to the season starting as the administrators meet and kind of work through that kind of stuff. But got to be hopeful so far with the way things are going and and uh, we're that close to a season starting, you know, come – monday of this week which by the time you're listening to this it'll already be this week Uh, it'll be december and we'll be getting ready for basketball practice to start on december 7th and that's the other other thing reese we've got a lot of question marks coming in as we move to our expectations for virginia high hoops in 2020 and 2021 got a whole new era for virginia high boys varsity with coach rasnick retiring and now coach julius Gallishaw taking over the range at the top of that program. And then for the Lady Bearcats, you have a young but athletic team that is trying to uh, get back to the region for what would be the sixth time in a row if they could do it. And it's going to be a team that's led by two juniors. And, you know, you're going to have the height inside with uh, Madison Worley as well. So it's going to be a fun season for them. But you talk about everything going into this year and Reese no practicing until December 7th, and we're going to be playing two weeks after that. It's pretty crazy.
1: It's pretty tough, and it's definitely going to be tough on both of these teams because like you mentioned, we're going on with, a, with a new era with uh, coach Julius Gallishaw uh, for the boys. And you know when you don't have like kind of that preseason, you know those, those kind of like those preseason tournaments, those scrimmages, you know you're going to hit the ground running. And it makes it tough for a new coach, and you know, with the and you know, put a new system in. Um, we got a bunch of young players. You know, I think the transition will be easier when you have a bunch of seniors, or you have some kids who's been around for a while. It's a you know, older team. Well, both teams are going to be pretty young, so it, it's going to make it it's going to make it tough. Um, but I think we have two really good coaches that's going to make the most of this opportunity and get both teams ready to play.
0: Yeah, and I think in Coach Gallishaw's case, the struggle will be implementing his what he wants to see out of his basketball team uh, with a new group and I think maybe on the plus side of that is he's getting a lot of players who are younger who hadn't really been in Coach Rasnick's you know wheel that long so it's like it's it gives him an opportunity to kind of form these players the way he wants them to be because you know this is a, a team that lost a boatload of seniors yet again and it seems like every year we were talking about this before we Started recording, but it seems like every year the Bearcat basketball team loses just a, the boys varsity team loses a ton of seniors. The last two years it seemed that way, and it'll be even tougher this year with Gavin Austin uh, graduating last season. He was the main cog for the runs that they made late in seasons. But you know, on the other side, we're excited to start the Gallishaw era. I think it'll be nice. It'll be a new energy, and uh, hopefully, he can get it started with some wins as. Uh, we get started once December hits, but it will be interesting, as you said, as a roster starts to take shape. Because right now we really have no idea, because we haven't really contacted either coach. We're just kind of going based on what happened last year and what the JV squad was composed of last year. There are some pieces there if everybody returns.
1: There, there definitely are, and I, I think you know the kind of to talk about what you're talking about with Coach Gallashaw, You know, he's going to a lot of experience there. You know, he's played at the collegiate level. Um, and, you know, he's a coach that knows the game. Uh, he recently was an assistant coach of a, a team. Um, so, I mean, he has a lot of experience and knows the game. And these, these young kids will play extremely hard, and they'll know the game. And, I mean, you'll see a team that get after it. Um, and like you were talking about, you know, if we're kind of basing the roster on what we've seen before, I mean, there's some pieces there, you know. And it's going to be interesting, you know, uh, what we have coming back and, and, and what works. But there are a lot of pieces that this could very well be a very athletic team that you know he'll get to coach and um, but they're gonna be a very young team so it's gonna you know it's gonna take some time to gel and some time to get it going but very excited for him and like I said he's a great he's a great coach and uh, he'll he'll do some really good things with that boys team.
0: It should be fun to keep track of them throughout the year and of course we'll have all of their home games on our Bearcat Radio Network coverage powered by Sesco Group Insurance. We're also glad to have Sesco on as our premier sponsor here for the Bearcat Nation podcast. We plan on this podcast being a weekly uh, thing. and. We'll recap games preview, games coming up. Also, we'll have interviews with players and coaches and administrators, we'll try to put our highlights on here as well. And we do hope you subscribe and leave a review for us wherever you're listening. As we move now to the girls' varsity and Reese, this is a team that really has lost four All-State athletes in the last two years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's four
1: of them. You know, you, you know, you've got Taylor Owens, Jada Campbell, Maya Lee, and, and Allie Sidnor. And, I mean, those are just, you know, four outstanding players that it's hard to replace, you know. And 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 you then I think another position that's hard to replace is point guard. And, you know, we've had a really good one in Lee, you know, off-state for a few years and, you know, player of the year contention. And then, you know, you had Allie who's, you know, who's been roughly her backup when it comes to point guard. But, you know, it's been that off-guard that, you know, to help bring the ball down, then, you know, she took that role last year as point guard. And, uh, you know, it's point guard, it's a hard position to replace. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what we have come back. We got some girls. She, she's played a little bit there. And and uh, it's going to be interesting what we can do. And you mentioned earlier, you know, we, we still got some size inside there. And we got some, you know, some juniors that can score coming back. So it's going to be interesting, you know, what we see
0: this year. Yeah, you'll have the combination of Maria Wilson and Diana Spence really from behind the arc, you know. We can win a lot of games just based on them getting hot from three-point range because they can really pace the team offensively. And then Madison Worley, with her inside, you know, we've seen her grow, uh, her presence grow throughout the last couple of seasons. that She's been on varsity, and it seems like now there's, like, no shyness on the floor with her. She's going to get her shots up, and she's going to be aggressive on defense and, and guard without fouling. She does a great job of doing that, too.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, you know our our you know two top scorers coming back, you know, and of course that got to be positive with Maria and uh, and uh, Diana and like you mentioned Madison Worley. I mean, Madison Worley last year we saw it, and even the year before that. I mean, she can easily take over some games, and um, you know that's that's an inside presence that you know we've seen that works really well when you make a run, and she can easily take over a game. So it's going to be interesting. Now the question is, you know. You know, you're going to try to get her to ball and things like that. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we got to look at is depth, losing players after year, year after year. That just means these young players got to step in. You know, they don't have the luxury of, you know, you're kind of coming on this team and, and, and sitting down and not playing. You know, each year, we've seen it each year, these young players, they come in and they, and they got to get going from the get go. You know, we, you know, we talked about that group that left. I mean, that group was starting as freshmen. You know, so when you come in this program as a freshman or a sophomore, I mean, you're going to be getting minutes, so and we're going to see a lot of that again this year.
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, it's a different kind of year for us coming in because up until this year, the last four years, we had won the Southwest District regular season title, and then the last two we had won the Southwest District tournament title. We had to settle for third in both the tournament and the regular season, so it's a little bit different energy coming into this year, and this girls team will be tasked with trying to win five straight over Tennessee High as well, so – you know, there's a lot of streaks there. And I mentioned in the open the uh, six straight region bursts. That will be what they'll be trying to get another one for uh, Coach Timmons. That would be six in six seasons if they can get back to the region tournament uh, under Coach Timmons. And what an impressive career he's had so far at Virginia High. You know, last year going back to the district tournament, and whenever he won his 100th game as a coach at Virginia High, You just wonder how many more he can win as a head coach here because he he just turned things around so quickly, and you feel like even with this younger group, he'll find a way to win or get the most, at the very least, he'll get the most out of this group even if they don't have the numbers that they had because like we talked about, like we've talked about the last couple years, we've never really had that kind of depth. You know, we made that run to the state semifinals in 2017 and 2018 that season, and really we only had one player coming off the bench. So – you know, it just makes a difference when you do have a little bit of depth. We'll see how we adapt to that. But you've got have to have a lot of things go your way if you don't have depth and you uh, got to have the ball go in the basket. And uh, defensively, we've always been pretty stout. So it'll be interesting to see what that girls team looks like. You know, I guess regionally, you have to look at Gate City as the favorite uh, with Sarah Thompson coming back, the ETSU commit, and, you know, what they did last year winning the state championship. They really didn't lose all that much Reese. They're going to be dangerous this year. Ridgeview on the other side, and then I guess within our own district, you know, Lebanon won the district tournament championship and the regular season, but they lost Avery Price, Kara Long, two of their top two scorers uh, to graduation. And then you got Marion, who's been kind of waiting. You know, we watched them last year. We thought they were pretty good. They pressed us. They beat us uh, in the postseason. You know, they didn't really lose anybody from last year's team. They went 17-8, and finished runner-up in the regular season and in the district tournament. So, in all reality, I guess, whenever we're looking at this season, we're not even really looking at Lebanon or Virginia High as a favorite. We're looking at Marion as a favorite, which has been not the case the last few years. This has been a two-horse race. It's interesting.
1: I mean, very interesting. It's going to be different. You know, um, this is kind of, you know, it's almost negative when you become the hunted. You know, we've. And I think we have been a hundred for the last few years because we keep winning, and the teams want to knock us off. And each year we, you know, we, you know, we lose a player here and there. You know, we, you know, we're, we're losing kids, and you know these teams are younger and they're they're hungry. And now I, you know, like you kind of saying there, it's almost like a feeling that you know, Lebanon, Virginia High, ah, we've we fall into the pack a little bit. These other young teams are kind of, they're you know, they close the gap somewhat. So you know, I know these coaches for these other teams are going to have, hey, you know, we're right there. You know, we can take over this district. So it's going to be, it's going to be hard for, I mean, Levin and Gene to try to hold off these young pups. I, I guess so to speak. And Marion, Marion's going to be tough. You know, they beat us two, like you said, us uh, three times last year. Um, so they're going to be tough uh, to play. I think um, they do a lot of things that we've done in the past. You know, they'll they'll play a lot of, you know, man press. You know, they're up in your face playing defense, running up and down the court. Um, They have a really good guard there. They have some inside presence there. Um, So uh, I I, I believe they have like 10 girls that run up and down the court. So they have some of that depth that, you know, when you have it, it's an advantage. When you don't have it's a disadvantage and they have it. So um, it's going to be tough. But like I said, we do have the pieces coming back. You know, big thing for us is if some of these younger players, young players can step up and step up quickly and you know, and kind of, hey, this is my role, and you know, and, and get in there and make things happen. You know, we're gonna be right back in the thick of things. So uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a very interesting season. You mentioned Gate City there, Gate City. You know, they're gonna be strong. They're gonna be tough to beat in the region, and and is gonna be tough. They return three of the I think two, top their top three players. They're all gonna be juniors this year, so it's gonna be extremely tough. And uh, you know, Sarah Thompson mm-hmm. for Gate Cities and ETSU uh, signee. So uh, and. They have some other pieces there, too. Uh, they have, you know, a young house right and have a couple freshmen that were really good. That were shooters last year. They're going to be sophomores this year. Um, it, you know, it's going to be a tough road to get to back where we want to be. But, uh, you know, Coach Timmons, he, he can get these girls and they can do some things. I mean, they'll be right back in the of
0: things. Definitely in sight. And it feels like this, conference, this district in general is going to be competitive. And you just think back to last year, some of the battles we had, even with Richlands, you know, with the Lauren Earls who – has graduated she won't be there think about how interesting this season would be if they had her for another year with the height that they already have on their team they were a problem for a bunch of teams last year they lacked a little bit of consistency but they had a a good year uh, and you just wonder what that could have looked like had earls been a junior last year instead of a senior how some of these matchups would look because she was the kind of player that could just take over a game as well especially from behind the arc but like you said taz will definitely in play and You know, Graham made that run a couple of years ago in the playoffs. It kind of shocked everyone. They're always well-coached. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how the girls' basketball season kind of shapes up from here. But just a final note here for the girls, you know, we were talking about accolades, postseason accolades. Well, returning this season for the Bearcats, uh, junior guard Maria Wilson, uh, really the three-point threat on the team. She was first-team All-Southwest District in 2019 and second-team All-Region 2D go a little bit further down the list here you got Diana Spence who's also a guard she's a junior as well big three-point threat Uh, she was last year's second team all southwest district and uh, go back you know Maria or uh, Madison Worley she'll be a senior this year 2019 second team all southwest district she was a 2018 honorable mention within the district and then on the Final one was Bree Owens. You know, she was the 2019 Southwest District Honorable Mention. So quite a few accolades coming back for the Lady Bearcats within that starting group. And you feel like those four names will be the starting group. It'll just be a matter of who will be that fifth one and uh, whether they mesh together soon enough because like that schedule, like we said, the schedule gets going pretty quick. You start with lands, you get a break with Battle, and non-conference, and then you get back at it against Lebanon. Then Graham uh, gets you going back into the main district slate, so it's going to be a quick start for both varsity teams, but we will be interesting. Basketball is always fun, and we're excited. We're going to be doing a little bit differently this year from up in the booth, uh, just Reese and I, but we'll have some more news for uh, basketball coming up in our next episode, which we hope that you all tune in to. We'll get you that information here in just a second, but first, Reese, give us a bold prediction for the next basketball season, this one coming up.
1: My bold prediction is the Virginia High Bearcats girls will win the Southwest District, and uh, that's bold because I know that bearing team is hungry, and I know, you know, outside looking outside looking in, I know I think a lot of people are going to be on that ship and you know saying that this is the year that they're going to take over, that we're going to have a, a different team at the top there, you know, because like you said, last few years it's been Lebanon, it's been either us or Lebanon, well it, it's been Virginia High, but you know Lebanon's kind of been at our heels and. They took over last year, but uh, but I think Mar I think, think uh, Marion's gonna be, you know, they're gonna be a strong contender. But I, I think this young group, and you mentioned like all those girls we do have coming back, and like I said, depth is, I do one I do worry about our depth we be extremely young. But I think Costumes gonna put this put a good squad together, and and they're gonna go out there, they're gonna compete, they're gonna battle, and I think they're gonna win the Southwest District.
0: Good prediction. I hope we hope that one comes true. I'm gonna make two bold predictions. I'm gonna say the boys' varsity team finishes fourth place in the southwest district maybe higher maybe third they always seem to do that Reese I think everybody's pretty much on a level playing field this year like you said with without a whole lot of games early in the season maybe it's exactly what coach Galashaw needs because nobody else has been able to prepare, prepare either and I'm going to say that these players are going to adapt well and we're going to be able to shock some people especially early in the year and then maybe get some consistency late and uh, I think you know make a run maybe in the tournament Whenever uh, everybody's starting to get warmed up, like uh, on the girls' side, I'm going to say that the Lady Cats make it. I'm going to go even bolder to the region semifinals. I'm just going to say it kind of stacks up for us. We work our way. We get hot at the end of the year and, and work our way into the region semis. Uh, with a win, we would make it to the region title game and go to state. I'm not guaranteeing that. I'm just saying we'll get back to the region semifinal, which has been the hump, right, except for the 2017-2018 season. That has been the spot, the watermark. We-
1: and you know you know i got to give you credit cuz i mean that is bold and the reason why that's bold not because we can't do it it's bold because whoever comes out of this side of the of the region is going to win the championship i mean and it's been like that for years now you know and it's been so tough to to come out of this side you know you know levin's kind of been you know the the team in our district and then, you know, we got to get past Wisconsin, we got to get past Gate City, we've got to get past Union, we've got to get past Ridgeview. You got to have that one game to get past. And those teams are all tough. You know, battle plate is tough. You know, so it's, you yeah, know, that's, that's a very bold statement. But basketball, girls' basketball is just so good on this side of the state. I mean, this region, you know, it's been proven. I mean, whoever comes out of this region <laughs> wins the championship every year. So uh, it's very tough. So getting there. It's part of the process, and uh, once you get there, I mean, you're battle tested. So uh, I think that's another reason why these teams that come out of this area are so successful because it's, it's a test, it's a battle to get there, and once you get there, I mean, you've been battle tested. So, uh, so I, you know, I, I hope so. I mean, it's going like, to hopefully it gives us a few more games to call.
0: Yeah, hopefully so. Since we've been shorted, right? But yeah, I feel like. The, the three players that'll make the difference on what kind of season the Lady Cats have, it's gonna be Maria Wilson, Diana Spencer, Madison Worley.
1: The jump on what you just said, I would say this, I look for Madison Worley to have a really big senior year. Um, I think that she has the opportunity to to make a, a big name for herself. Um she, you know, define a big who, who's who's athletic as she is and have that wingspan and can, you know, shoot a little bit and and uh and have a move to the, to the basket, I, I look for her to have a really big season.
0: Yeah, and just the ability to rebound that she has and her aggressiveness on the boards will make an impact for sure. And I think we see a little bit more consistency out of our uh, two juniors this year. You know, we kind of lack that consistency at times last year with Maria and Diana. It seemed like when one had a good game, the other one wouldn't. And Coach Timmons talked about that quite a bit. I think maybe this year we see them kind of getting rhythm more as a group and – try to lead this team on to hopefully a uh, region run and like I predicted, hopefully a region uh, appearance in the semifinal game, which would give us a chance if we want it to make it into the state tournament for the first time since the 2017-2018 season. And that uh, didn't seem that long ago last year, but after the year we've had, it seems like it's about a decade ago after. <laughs> <laughs> what we've been through so far in 2020 but we'd love to get back to it but it'd be a way to bounce back from from lack of sports it would it'd be a nice way to to get back into things for the uh orange and black and get us back on the road to some sense of uh normalcy i think in general though we'll all be pretty happy we don't really care about where this season ends for the most part we just want to get it played and let everybody have a chance to make it into a postseason and uh, that's really the most important thing. You know, maybe this year, it's maybe that's the thing to take away from us that, thank goodness, we're playing. I think yeah, even I teams think that a have bad seasons will be happy just to be playing. And I guess finally we need to discuss real quick the new floor design, the new floor at the Bearcat Den that we'll finally be able to use. That's going to be a blast to play on it with the basically the uh, what is like a huge Virginia logo in the I mean, middle of the floor with the – star over Bristol and the word mark Bristol and the Coach Ballard Lee wordmark got updated, the hat's gone. It's like coach and court in uh bold letters and Ballard Lee's in a cursive and there's a block V over the state of Virginia and the uh interior and in the uh paint's kind of a lighter or down in the paint what is it, It's like a black right in front of the free throw line down to the baseline and then Inside the three-point arc is all lighter-colored wood. So it's going to be a pretty cool-looking court, and the sidelines are orange and black as well. So it's going to be pretty sharp. Yeah, I'm, you, you've, you've
1: posted some pictures. I mean, it looks amazing. I, I still I don't think I've seen it actually in person yet, but it looks amazing um, just in some of the pictures I've seen. But, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be nice to finally use it. Um, I know a lot of the past players you know, are kind of a little bit jealous because, you know, they, they love the new look. Um, it, it's, it's just an exciting time. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to tell, you know, our Bearcat Nation to come out and check a game. But, I mean, you know, we only got – we got, you know, a few numbers that are going to let in. But uh, hopefully we can get past all this eventually and, uh, you know, get our community to come back and, and come catch some basketball when, you know, when we're able to get everybody back in the Bearcat Den. But uh, just an amazing-looking court. Um and hopefully we'll get to play as much basketball as
0: we can on that court this year. Hopefully so. That's the plan, and hopefully we get through it cleanly through the 2020-2021 season. But for any more information as regards to Broadcast, or if you want to see any of the pictures of the new court go to twitter at vhs bearcat radio or also follow us on instagram at vhs bearcat radio we're also on facebook just search for bearcat radio there and we've already posted our winner broadcast schedule on there so you can find it and also the full boys and girls varsity schedules as well as the 2021 football schedule so you can get all that information from our social media and we'll be posting final score updates and new podcast episodes like this one where you can find them but you know, eventually we'll have a football preview show. It'll be a lot of fun for a six-game season, but got a long time, a little, well, a little bit of time before we get to that point. But it's nice to be talking about Bearcat Athletics again, Reese. And, you know, we'll be doing it again next week. Next week's guest will be Virginia High Athletic Director and Assistant Principal Brad Harper. We'll talk to him about scheduling as well as just what he's been doing during the pandemic and some of the numbers what that's going to look like for basketball season as far as spectators. And then finally, we'll have a new way that you'll be able to take in Bearcat Athletics in the 2020-2021 season and what that means for the rest of the sports throughout the calendar year. But we're excited to have Mr. Harper on next week. And, Reese, it was a blast talking with you this afternoon about Bearcat athletics, about Bearcat basketball, and I guess in general, predictions are fun, but let's get the ball on the floor and let's play some games here in December. Yes, please. And we do hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving holiday. Remember, follow us on... Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also, you can find this broadcast on Apple Podcasts or on Google Podcasts, even on uh, Spotify, and also at our radio, slash Bearcat Radio. Just scroll down and click the Bearcat Nation podcast link, and you can listen to all of our episodes there as well but that's going to do it for episode number one again next week brad harper talk everything coming up with bearcat athletics with that we'll see you next week thank you for tuning in to bearcat nation powered by sesco group insurance Thank you for joining us for another edition of Bearcat Nation, powered by the Bearcat Radio Network. For updates on future episodes as well as access to past editions, visit Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Spreaker. Before we wrap it up, here's a final word from our presenting sponsor and proud supporter of Virginia High Athletics, Sesco Group Insurance. For all your auto, home, life, or commercial insurance needs, join the winning team go with Sesco. Call Bearcat alum Jason Stevens at 276-644-9130. Again, that's 276-644-9130. Jason and everyone at Sesco Group Insurance says, go Cats!